Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Oh 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Touch me. Touch me now. I pray. Touch me now. I pray. Touch me now. I pray. Come, say, move. Move me. So, Lord, move me. Say, move me. Say, touch me. Touch me now, touch me now, say touch me Jesus, Lord Jesus, touch me, touch me now, I pray, come on say touch me now, I pray, touch me now, I pray, come say move, So come on. And it's moving in for the last time. And it's moving in my soul. Come on. And it's moving in my soul. Hallelujah. 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 
Happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, I would like to testify about a prayer that I was praying for a long time and I could not get any answer. And I would like to, uh, the projector team, Genesis 23.10, please. I just want to say, sometimes we think that uh, a prophet, like say my father, Reverend Jokumi, he used to say, people are looking for prophets back home. And we have that tendency to send money to those prophets and say, I want you to pray for me for something. And he used to say, those people even eating at night. And he said, oh, you should fast, or let's say 12 to 8. And that 12 to 8, that prophet is eating banku, and you are here killing yourself fasting. It's a good thing to fast. Don't take me wrong. But last week, when Charles was said, just prove me that he's a prophet in the house. I'm here just to testify that we will have a prophet in the house. We don't have to look far away. Just there, sitting right here, preaching in front of that pulpit. And I'm going to show you how or why he's a prophet. Last week, he said in Genesis 23, please. Twenty-three. Thank you. No, give me a minute, please. And we have to remember that last week he preached. He preached on the seed of the mighty. And no lie to you, I've been listening to that preaching the whole week because it had an impact in my life. And this is what Genesis thirty-two ten says: "I am not worthy of the least of all the messes and of." And of all the truth, which thou hast swept into thee, seven for which my staff I pass over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Now, this is what my father preached last week. Do you remember he said, when you came to GFK Airport, this is your Jordan, right? And I remember he said that when you left Gabon, and when he starts saying Gabon, I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And he said, do you remember when you came in December? I'm like, hold on. Is he talking about me? And he said, do you remember when you went and buy a second-hand jacket? And I just stood there. And I came straight to LP Anita and I said, I want to testify. Because I remember I came exactly in December 6th. And... I remember before I stepped here, my mom told me that you're going there in December, it's gonna be cold. I said, no, I'm fine. She said, no, let's go to the market and buy a jacket. And I remember my father said, the jacket is even bigger than you. No, I never said it to Reverend. I never said to anyone. The jacket my mom bought was exactly bigger than me. And I came, oversized exactly. And I came, and when I came in the airport, I did not know any English. I used to skip English class to go and play soccer back home. And he says, I am become two hands. And I was praying to God, God, what's going on? Because sometimes I wonder, is it that I'm moving forward I'm, or I'm going backward? But Reverend Charles also showed me that, listen, 
Those who forgot, I remember he preached about it. Do not forget where I took you from, Gabon, and I brought you here. Don't look what's going on around you, but look ahead because I have better for you and more to come because I have a plan of good and not evil for you. Look, you think that I have not, any, I have not done anything to you? You have a beautiful wife. And you have, and you have two beautiful children. And let me tell you, I have more, more and more, more and more. So I just want to encourage everyone here, everyone here that God has a plan for every one of you. Amen? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Is he a good father? Yes. Is he a good father? Yes. Yeah. God has been a good father to us. Amen. Amen. And uh, if there's a father standing by you, congratulations me and say happy Father's Day. <laughs> I said, come around and say, Happy Father's Day. Even if, even if the person is not a father, but a potential father, congratulate him. Thank you. your hands together for the Lord and sit on top of your enemies. Hallelujah. Please sit down. Amen. I just have a quick announcement. One is um, please take your seat. Ben, come and let me provide the offering. Father, we bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. One is uh, the biggest loser challenge. I think it was a good project. So, and I started it because I believe in, I'm a doctor, so I believe in good health. Amen. A lot of health, you can prevent, you see, prevention is, okay. One of the problems in this country is that our primary care is very poor. So we spend so much money on health that we could have prevented. Okay? But God said that uh, I wish above all things that that may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. So registration has begun. Melissa. What is it? Round two. They say round two.
You can sign up again. If you want, you can still sign up again. Hallelujah. So, registration has started again for, and winner takes all. 2017, biggest loser. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you, we believe in it. And, and then also, and also, the video production about Daniel Morris, you must encourage talent. You must subscribe on Facebook, hit on Facebook, make sure. And then uh, my final announcement is that one of the, today is Father's Day, you know, one of the brothers who was, was with us for a long time, he was a good member, he paid his tithe, he helped the church, he did so many wonderful works, you know, but he had to go back home on unfortunate circumstances, somehow in a rush. Not, he didn't go back home as the way he had planned to go home, but he had to go home, you know. So when, when, this, when you move in a rush, you know, sometimes you can't, you can't sort out things. So he basically went back home unprepared in a certain sense, you know. And Bible says we should help one another. Also help one another, encourage one another. I'm talking about Mr. Sims. I'm sure some of you don't know him, but how many know Mr. Sims? He's quietly, elderly man, respectable. He, he was a good welfare officer. Every welfare team, everything I sent to him, believe me, he goes. So I believe that as a family, it is appropriate for us to help him, to establish him, so that he can sort himself out. Amen. So I have here envelopes that if you want to contribute towards, it's not, it's not for, it's, it's for Mr. Sims, okay? You want to contribute towards him, come and pick up an envelope and bring it back in two weeks. Two weeks, okay? Bring it back to Lady Pastor Anita. So anybody who wants to help establish him, you know, it's, called, it's more of compassion and mercy. So that one day when it's your turn, they will also show you mercy. So just pick an envelope, put in a nice gift, and then bring it back to Lady Pastor Anita in two weeks. Hallelujah. Just write at the back of the envelope, Mr. Sims. Okay? We are a good family. Reverend, you help me? Yes. Somebody also help me from here. Mike, you want to help? You want to distribute for me? Give it out. Okay? Encourage. Help somebody. So that one day, you may never know, you know? But even if it doesn't happen, it should, first of all, I don't want it to happen to you, but it is good to bless somebody. So bring it back in two weeks for our good brother, Mr. Sims Uyafi. It's who you are loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Thank you. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. So that is it. Amen. Once again, happy Father's Day. Amen. This morning I was talking about, you know, Father, you see, people wonder, you know, I preached a message this morning, and I believe that everybody should listen to it. Okay? You should listen to it. You know, like I was saying this morning, a father, a father uh, is, 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 a, is something that you have to honor and respect. Amen. Why do I say so? You know, there are so many offices. There are so many offices. The office of the mayor, 
the office of the governor, the office of the president, you know, there are so many offices that human beings occupy. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you may not even like the person in that office, but you cannot disrespect that person. They will say because of the office that the person sits in, you must respect it. Hallelujah. For example, I'm sure maybe you may not even like the current president. You may not like him as a person, but you cannot say anything bad to him because he occupies an important office. So, so, so it's not about the person. It's about the office. And the reason be that if you say something negative about, about the office, you can be in trouble. Hallelujah. So you, there's a certain respect for the office. Amen. That if you start saying negative things about the office, you can be in trouble. Are you hearing me? In the same way, fatherhood is, is the highest of all offices. Is the highest of all the office. Why do I say fatherhood is the highest of all the office? Jesus Christ when he taught us how to pray. He said when you pray, don't, don't say our president. We don't say our president who was in heaven. Or our mayor. Or our governor who was in heaven. But we say our father. Our father. So the highest office anybody being can occupy is the office of a father because that's where God sits. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if you can go to jail or be in trouble for insulting the president, let alone the office of a father. Hallelujah. So, fathers are like I prayed a prayer, you know. Maybe you should, everybody should get a message and go and listen because I can, I'm not going to repeat myself. See, fathers are some unique beings that can either be either a stepping stone to make you go up or a stumbling stone to make you fall. It all depends on how you handle them. He shall cause the rise and fall of Israel. That's a father. If you, if you, if you relate with a father well, you will go up. If you relate with the father in the wrong way, you will go down. And I also say that you have to know how to relate to them. Because, in, be, be, and, and the reason why you have to know how to relate to a father is that they are not always right. Yeah, right? They are not always right. Is that, is that true? So if there's a father sitting by you saying you are not always right, tell the father you are not always right. <laughs> I said, if there's a father sitting by you, said that you are not always right. You see, you see. Shh. But after having said that, you have to honor them whether they are right or wrong. It's the office they occupy. So you cannot say because the person is not right, you don't honor a father. So we fathers are saying that we are not always right. But that does not mean you should not honor us. Because the verse is very clear. Honor. That it may be well. You see, honor your father or mother. So it may be well with you. Not with the past father. And if you get this spiritual principle, you will do well. Amen. Yeah. I mean, I cannot go over it again and again. But listen to this. It's a very serious message I preach. Amen. 
And I gave examples. I gave four good examples. Two, two, two children who disobeyed their father. And they, it, it didn't end well with them. And two who obeyed their father. And it ended well with them. So choose which, which of the aisle you belong. You decide to dishonor a father, it will not be well with you. You decide to honor a father, it will be well. I give you four, I give you four biblical examples. So please let's take our time and listen. Amen. And I'm continuing. You see, another thing. For now, for this family service, I'm going to talk about a son. A son who did not, or a son who wasted his opportunities of having a father. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things God can give to you is a father. I said one of the greatest benefits God can give to you is a father. Especially one that talks. Be blessed that you have a father who talks to. Because the day the father stopped talking. Ah. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about this boy. I'm talking about this boy in Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, verse 11 to 14. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 14. And he said, A certain man had two sons. Two. Look. God, eh, he has a unique way. Bishop, see, God has a unique way of, of always giving us a control group. That's why it's not only one son. A control group. So that as you are misbehaving, you will see that there's somebody like you who is not misbehaving. As you are complaining, he gives you somebody to see that you are, not, you are not the only one who should complain. So God always has to give you a control group. As you are whining about your husband, he shows you another woman who has a similar husband, but she's behaving better. There's always a control group. Always. There's always a control group. Like an ex- it's when you do an experiment, you have a control group. You understand? So I'm going to say, two sons, not only one son. Two sons. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them, not unto him, unto them. He's living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous, 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 whatever, living. <laughs> riotous, riotous, riot, whatever it was. There was a riot. And it wasn't good. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There's two sons. You see, opportunity. First of all, let me talk something. Let me say something about success. You know, the best definition of success. Okay, Benjamin, are you listening to me? Look at me. The best definition of success is when opportunity meets preparation. You understand what I said? Does it make sense? Does it make sense to you? When opportunity meets what? That's when success happens. Sometimes the opportunity may come your way, but you are not prepared. 
Hallelujah. And sometimes you may be prepared, but you don't have the opportunity. So the best thing to do is that when opportunity meets preparation, there is success. And since you don't know when the opportunity will come, you must always be in a state of preparation. <laughs> Does it make sense to you, young man? Yeah. I'm talking to him. He's my boy. I like him. I'm preaching to the college students. Does it make sense? It makes sense, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's success. When opportunity meets preparation. Amen. You see, and since you want, when you, because you don't know the time, that's why you must always be prepared. Amen. Yeah. That is why, young ladies, you must be, you see, you must be in preparation. You must know how to cook. You must know how to cook, how to clean, so that when he comes, at least you know how to make something for him to eat. <laughs> you must know how to cook. Because one day he will come through. That's the opportunity. And he'll be the first. But as he's talking to you, and you cook for him, he says, mm. Because all along you didn't learn how to cook. Bad, bad. I'm preaching. You must learn how to cook. Is somebody hearing me? You must be in a state of, you must prepare. In a state of preparation. You don't cook, you don't clean, you don't do nothing. Some of you, you missed the opportunity. When your mother was doing it, you were sleeping or playing computer games. That is why you are Googling how to make peanut butter soup. <laughs> I'm preaching. Yes. Your husband said, the man says, I want to eat peanut butter soup. So you go on the internet, Google. YouTube. <laughs> you go to YouTube, how to make peanut butter soup. <laughs> huh? Yes. When your mother was making it in the kitchen, you didn't watch. Now you're going on YouTube. How to make peanut butter soup. Huh? Whole peanuts. That's why when you finish the soup, there were peanuts floating on the soup. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah, can't cook. You must be in a preparation. Can't clean. Can't clean. Nothing. Prepare. Preparation. Even you don't know how to talk. Your tongue is too sharp. Nasty. You see, that is why if you have brothers, if you are sitting and have brothers, learn to talk to your brothers. Nicely. I'm preaching. So that when another man comes, you have learned how to talk to a man. <laughs> I'm preaching to them. Prepare. Preparation. Thank you, Stushap. Yeah. You must know how to prepare. Students, you must know how to prepare. You must always be in a constant of preparation. So that when that interview comes, you are prepared. When that thing comes, you are prepared. Because success is always defined as preparation, meeting, 
opportunity. Hallelujah. Yeah. And let me tell you something. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Okay. Sometimes the reason why you are failing or you are not doing well is because you are not prepared. It's not. That, it's not that you didn't get opportunity. You were not prepared. The opportunity came, but you were not prepared. Yeah. You are not prepared. The opportunity came. But God is, it's not that like, like God, God is, Bible says God is no respecter. You see, that's what happened. That's what happened to the, the virgins. The Bible said there were, ten, there were ten wise virgins. There were five wise and five foolish. There were five, see, they all had the opportunity. Control group. They had, oh, see, God has a way of always giving you a control group. So that when, so that when you say that, me alone, then God it's not you alone. Do you understand? No, me alone. Me, it's not you alone. God was. Remember, I said there were ten. Five were wise, five were foolish. Control group. And they all had an opportunity to be at the wedding. But when the time came, five were not prepared. The foolish did not have the extra wealth. They were not prepared. But the wise were prepared. That's why they entered into the wedding. Because preparation met opportunity. And they succeeded. Is it a good message? That's what happened. Yeah. Preparation. Preparation. This type of last minute behavior will not help you. I say this type of last minute behavior, it will not help you. And then you complain, oh, me, no, you are not prepared. You're not ready. Success comes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Listen to me. You must, you must know how to cook long before you get into a relationship. I'm preaching to them, I tell you. Listen, long before you get into a relationship, you must know how to cook. Because no matter how they come, at the end of the day, they will eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's opportunity. Amen. So now, I'm going to talk about this boy. The opportunities that he wasted. Amen. The first opportunity he wasted, okay, was he wasted the opportunity of a fatherly advice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Go back to verse 13. The previous verse. The previous verse. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Far! Where the father's voice cannot reach him. The father's voice cannot reach him. Out of coverage area. Out of coverage area. You cannot be rich. He wasted a fatherly advice. Listen to me. One of the best things that God can give to you is a fatherly advice. Somebody to talk to you. A father to speak to you. It's one of the best things. It is priceless. 
It is priceless. Today is Father's Day. One of the best things that God can give is a father to talk to you. And one of the things that can hurt you if you waste it is the advice of a father. My son, attend unto my ears. That's what the people read. Yeah. Because in the father's mouth are blessings and kisses. Hallelujah. Yeah. Father's always speaking. A fatherly advice. That's what he wasted. He did not want to listen. He's grown. Yeah. He lost the fatherly advice. A far country. Like, like, like I was preaching this morning, Jesus was a daddy's boy. Jesus Christ was a daddy's boy. Why do I say so? He said that when he went to heal the guy by the pool in Bethsaida, there were so many people who were sick there. And the people were wondering, ah, there are so many people who are sick. If you are coming to heal, why don't you heal everybody? Why do you only choose one person? We expect you to heal two or three more people. Then he told them, I, I, what, I, 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 do what my fa- I, I, I do what I see my father do. In other words, if my father does not tell me to do, I don't do. If my, my, my daddy says do, I do. My father says don't do, I don't do. My daddy says go to this school, I go. My daddy says don't go, I don't go. My daddy says do this course, I do. My daddy says don't do this course, I don't do. I see what my fathers do. That's a daddy's boy. Christ. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah, that's Christ. My father says, marry this girl, I marry. My father said, don't marry this girl. They, they, they don't want to answer me. That's what I'm preaching here. I said, they don't want to answer me. My father said, marry this girl, what? My father said, don't marry this girl. It's, it's, it's difficult, but you know, there's nothing you understand. That which has been is that which will be. Listen to Bishop recently. Oh, anyway, happy Father's Day to Bishop. He's a good father. He's a very good father. A very good, good father. Oh, one of the best fathers you can ever have. You know, he was telling us recently, and I was there. It's true. You know, now, now, his, his policy or his mind is that if anybody is going to marry and the parents says no, he sees no reason why he should go ahead and marry you. Oh, yeah. Listen to me. We've been around for a long time. We've been around for a long time. We have married all types. And looking back, and I said, because I was there when the church began. Looking back, the people who were going to get married and their parents opposed and they went ahead because we were all radicals. <laughs> God should forgive us. So. I said, God should forgive us. Now, as their marriage and life has unfolded and the problems and the issues, looking back, we have decided that, including me, never. If your parent says no, just find another girl. Or come and see a pastor or your uncle who can go and speak to your mom. And persuade them. But don't say that, I don't care what they think. You will care. 
I said, you will care. The thing I have seen with my eyes. I'm preaching. This is a father's advice. I said, this is a father's advice. If your mom says no, your dad says no, better come and find Reverend Joe. Reverend Joe, can you go and talk to my mom for me? <laughs> per chance. Your mom may change his mind. But don't say, I don't care. You will care. Ha! The animal that will hook your leg. No, I've, we have seen enough. So now, Kodesh family service, parental consent is 100%. Amen. And you must sign it on the form. Wow. People are saying, wow. Because we, we have seen the consequences and the spiritual implication. So we pray that you may, you may pray, talk to them, convince them, ask them for their blessing. Don't, don't, don't do it in spite of their blessing. You need their blessing. And of course, if you're a parent, you must seek the welfare of your child. Don't be too a cake. You heard Robert said, I don't agree. Please, please, please. <laughs> I should tell them. If, 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 didn't you hear what, what Reverend said? Please. I beg you. Parents, we beg you. Be flexible. Seek the, seek the happiness and the welfare of your children. Even though you have the power to say yes or no, lean towards saying yes. Amen. Yeah. Advice. Hallelujah. Yeah. Be glad that you have somebody who talk to you. Yeah. Advice? Oh, no. Exactly. A fatherly advice? You won't get. You won't get. That a father, that, that I, I have decided to advise you, you won't get. Me, I've decided to talk you, 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 you won't. I don't You you won't even get my advice. You will not even get. You know what the blessing that it carries for a fatherly advice. Yeah. You see, a lot of us don't want to listen to advice. But we want to be prayed for. Not Christians. Listen. You won't listen to counsel, but pray for me. Pray of, you see, as Bishop, as Bishop Saki said, I don't pray over foolishness. Over what? It's a short message. I'm almost done. Yeah. 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 You want me to pray for you? No, no. Oh, hey, there's a demon. Cast. The, the only devil that needs to be cast out is you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Far country where you cannot be rich. The Bible says, you see, I'm preaching about what he wasted. The Bible says he went to a far country. It means advice cannot be rich. He cannot be advised. And let me tell you something. When you get to a stage in life where nobody can talk to you, pastor cannot talk to you, father cannot talk to you, friends cannot talk to you. When you get to that far, you have entered the zone of insanity. You are mad. <laughs> I say you are what? I say you are what? When nobody can advise you, what are you? I say if nobody can advise you, what are you? Because he's a mad person who cannot be advised. 
can't talk to you. A pastor talks to you, you won't listen. Uh, your father talks to you, you won't listen. A colleague talks to you, you won't listen. I don't care, I don't care. I made up my mind. You are mad. It's insanity. You need to go to the mental hospital. Normal people listen to advice. <laughs> I'm preaching. It's a Father's Day message. Amen. Yeah. I'm preaching. I don't, and I don't care how old you are. You see, this is the problem. I don't care how old you are. It has nothing to do with your age. Wisdom is justified by his children. Wisdom is justified not by your age, by his children. Sometimes somebody younger can advise you. Yeah. Somebody younger can advise you. A younger person can tell you what to do. Oh, yeah. So the fact that you are, the, the Bible says, you see, the, the Bible, once again, I'm sorry, the Bible says it is better. It is better to be a child. That can be advice. Than an old king, which cannot be advised or rebuked. So, I'm talking to this group now. Some of us older people, I'm too old, you can't talk to me, please. I won't say insanity, but I won't insult you, but you think about it. <laughs> I won't use the word, but you think. Over, over, over here, they are young. If they are not sure, don't listen, you are mad. But over here, they are old. So if they are not sure, don't listen. I won't use the word, but you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are not open to advice. Listen to me. Be open to advice. A fatherly advice. And, you see, and anybody can advise you. Can you believe the story in the Bible? There was, there was a, major, a, a big man. He was a general. The Bible said by him, his master had won many battles. I'm talking about Major General Naaman. He was Major General Naaman, Commander-in-Chief of the Syrian Army. I don't know who's the, who, who is the Army Commander in the U.S. now. Huh? The, uh, what, what do they call them? The guy in charge of all the military. What, what's the title? No, 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 no. The one in charge of the military... What's his name? Mad dog something. I mean, whoever that guy is, that's, that's what Neyman was. A real general. Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. That was his title. That was, that, and, that, and that was Neyman's title. Major General Neyman. By him. His masters had won many battles. But when he came to a problem, it was a maid, a little girl. A little girl, a little girl. It was a little girl who came to advise him. Say, Master, you were great, but this is your problem. This is your problem. What you are going through? I know somebody. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, who's the little girl over there? I need a little girl. Like Gofax, stand up. Can you imagine Gofax trying to advise Mister Opong? Respect. I mean, with all due respect, I respect Mr. Pong very much. But can you imagine? Me appointed Jacob. <laughs> Where were you born? 
that shall run before even your mother met your father. <laughs> I even know the history beyond your parents, the history behind your parents, your parents' relationship. Now you come to advise me. Small girl. You see, but that was no Naaman's attitude. And I pray that Mr. Paul will not be like that also. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a, place, it's a prayer. And I pray that I will not be like that. None of us. You see, that was not his attitude. It was a little girl who advised him that, look, this problem, I know a guy in Israel who can fix it. Yeah. Advice. So Naaman gathered his troops, his convoy, Major General Naaman, drives through Jerusalem in an army convoy because he's a big man. But all the state troopers. He goes to the guy. The pastor does not even come out. Elisha was lying in the bed just drinking tea. Having his quiet time. His servant comes in. Master, there is this big guy. Wanted to see you. He said, look, tell the guy to go and bath in the Jordan. So, oh, chief. Prophet. Prophet. He's a big man. He said, tell him to go and bath in the Jordan. So the Gehazi comes and tells Naaman, listen, go and bath in the Jordan. That's what he says. The guy gets furious. You got to be kidding me. What? I drove all the way for you to tell me this nonsense? And, and listen to me. Don't, if you were Naaman, you would be equally angry. Ben, who do you angry? I, I drove all the way Cross big rivers, and you don't even have the ketsy to come and meet me. You disrespect me like that. A whole army general, commander, joint chief of staff. He was furious. Just drove off his convoy, and once again, who should advise him? I said, once again, who should advise him? I said, once again, who should advise him? The same little girl. Say, master. What's the big deal? You've come all the way. You've paid the toll, everything. You are now here. Eh? Eh? It's like, go fax saying to, once again, you come all the way. you paid all the toll. So you can't find small packet. Why don't you see <laughs> With all due respect, I'm just an example. He's my good friend. That's why I can preach with him. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm showing the attitude of Naaman. So he listens. He listens. And then, so he decides. What about the girl told him? What about the prophet told him? On, based on the advice of the girl. He goes into the Jordan. And boom. Healed. Boom. Healed. Boom. Healed. And the key here. You see, I'm trying to show you the key here is that no matter how great Naaman was, Naaman had an attitude of listening to advice, even for those who are younger than him. And some of today's Father's Day, today's Father's Day, and some of us, I shouldn't say you, some of us husbands, even our wives cannot advise us. No, I'm not talking about a little girl. I'm not talking about a little girl. I'm talking about your grown wife. And all the men said, 
Neymar listen to advice of a little girl. You cannot listen to advice of your grown wife. As soon as your wife's talking, oh, no, leave me alone. <laughs> wife, am I preaching? As soon as your wife opens his mouth, come on. A woman too. A woman too. Listen, this is men's matter. Woman, keep out of it. What do you know? And let all the husbands say. Yeah. <laughs> I said, let all the husbands say. Yeah. I'm talking about it's, it's Father's Day. It's our problem. It's our problem. Natasha, the amen is weak. <laughs> yeah, it's our problem. Inability to listen to advice. Because the father, you are a man. You see, you see being a man, being the head, see, testosterone does not mean you know everything. It's a good message. I say testosterone does not mean you know everything. Sometimes the best person to advise you is your wife. And most of the time it's your wife. I agree. Sometimes when they advise you, the advice comes with bossing. That's why you can't take it well. But you try and separate. They should change their approach. I can understand because sometimes the advice is not easy. It comes with too much but you see, but learn to sift the wheat from the chaff. Even though you may not like the way she said it, still take the good advice out of it. I'm preaching to the fathers. It's Father's Day. Some of us have an attitude that, uh, some of us have an attitude that we cannot be advised by a woman. Especially from certain cultures or body. <laughs> a woman. I should take my time, Joyce, yeah? Yeah? Because you come from a tribe that when, when there's a serious discussion, they push the woman out and the men will meet. So you don't see why a woman can advise you. But let me tell you something. He created them both male and female equal. A woman's brain is as good as a man's brain. They can advise you. It's a good message. <laughs> it's the approach. Listen to me. Listen. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. The heart of the king. Is the heart of the king. The heart of the king. It's in the hands of the Lord. And he turns it whichever way. That scripture means that one of the things that makes somebody a king is a heart that's malleable. So what makes you a king is the ability to have a malleable heart. Flexible. Do you understand? So a sign of being a great man or a great husband is that you can bend. When you take a decision and you get contrary evidence, you change your mind. Not, not that, listen, I've decided, I will listen again. No, no, no. You see, excuse me, you were a fool. Because if you were a king, if you want to be a king, 
doesn't have the money. Either. Your wife says, "Oh, this thing I think is better done this way." Maybe the way you start, then you have. Listen, listen. Next time when I'm talking, huh? Excuse me to say, you are a fool. May God give you wisdom to listen. I'm a father too, I'm preaching. I'm preaching to all of us. Amen. He listened to advice of a maid. Not his wife. Not his wife. A maid. And, his, and, and his problem was solved. Good advice. That's what this boy wasted. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to cast out any devils. Out of you. Amen. The second thing that he missed or, or wasted was the opportunity to be great. Amen. Opportunity to be great. He was, he was a big man's son. Listen to me. The son of the king is called a prince. The daughter of the king is called a princess. Your title or your greatness depends on who your father is. So you have a, he had an opportunity to be great. But he blew it. Why do I say he blew it? Because, what does the Bible say? The Bible says he went to a far country and after he wasted everything, he came back asking to be a servant. He blew the opportunity to be great. He came back this time begging to be a servant. Begging somebody who had opportunity to be a king, a, a prince. You know, go to that verse again. The beginning. Uh, no, verse 12. The younger, please listen to me carefully. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. So it was a young guy who came to ask the father that dad split it, divide, give me my portion now. And uh, he's in a hurry, he was in a hurry. And the Bible said, And the father divided. And gave it not unto him, but unto them. So it's not from that day, both the older one and the younger one have their inheritance. From that day. The, man, the father shared it to them. So if, if it was Tuesday, by Wednesday, the, 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 boy, the younger boy had his check in the bank. The older one also had his check in the bank. Control group. It's not only the younger one who had a check in the bank. The older one also had his check. In the bank. But the younger one. See greatness. Was impatient. Listen to me. The, the, the younger one was impatient. As soon as he got his check. I'm out. A little breakthrough. You are out. A little achievement. You are out. A little anointing. You are out. Small. You are out. You see. And 
I would say something. Greatness or being great comes with patience. Did you hear what I said? The ability to be great comes with patience. You must wait for your time. It takes time to be great. Don't be in a hurry. A small breakthrough, a small job, a small paper. Hey. Small. It takes time. Some of us can you see. One day I was playing golf. One day I was playing golf with, with, an, with, with an elderly guy. You know, an elderly African-American. He was like maybe late 70s, 80s. See, and in golf, there's, there's a good, you play by holes. And there's a good, a, a, hole, a good score. So on a particular hole, I played a birdie. A birdie is like you play very well. It's like, you know, like a pro. So I played a birdie. So I was feeling cute. So from, the, from that hole, we moved to the next hole. And then the next hole, when I hit the ball, it did not even stay on the fairway. It went straight into the bush. I mean, bush, bush, bush. So the elderly man looked at me and said, it looks like you cannot handle prosperity. <laughs> because I was prosperous there. The previous one was prosperous. And instead of calming down and being sober, I was feeling cute. By the time I realized the next ball, and some of us, that's our story. We cannot handle prosperity. A little prosperity, nobody can advise you. Yeah. Church, that thing was given to both of them. So do you know that the following day, Francis, the older one, it was a million dollars. The younger one had a million dollars in his account. And you know the older one also had a million dollars in his account? But see, the older one, the million dollars in his account did not change his behavior. Teaching you. I'm teaching you. Why do I say so? Because the Bible said when the younger one came back, where was the older one? He was still in the field, taking care of the sheep, doing the same mundane job. The little prosperity did not change his life. You get it? That is why the father. Whisper to him. And listen to me, boy. This guy, he's dead. Even the shoe he's wearing is borrowed. But all that I have is yours because he knows how to handle prosperity. The billion dollars in his check account did not make him stop working. He was still doing the mundane thing, the same thing, going to the field, taking care of the sheep, doing the same thing. That's a good message. We have wasted our opportunity because something small came to your hand. Even charismatic pastors, the reason why a lot of pastors don't do well, start small church, small ministry, small anointing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start my own church. I'm my own general overseer. Please, 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 please. It doesn't go that way. That's why they don't prosper. You are drinking tea too quickly. That's Pastor Eugene say. You are drinking tea too quickly. Do you know how long it has taken us to drink tea? That you want to drink tea like me? Do you know how long? Recently, I heard some of our pastors. I was so angry. I was going to pastor Joel. Some of my pastors just became a pastor. Recently, calling church members. Come to my house. Come and do this for me. Come and, I said, hey, 
Do you know how long I have been a pastor? That I've called any of you to come and do this? Even me. So it wasn't even me. Who, I think somebody has said, said listen, it, somebody said, even Rebro said that's not ask people to do this. And you? You are drinking too, too, too early. I say you are drinking tea. You got a small job, small promotion. Your paycheck went down by 25%. Before even a check came to your account, you want to buy a new car. <laughs> I say you are drinking tea. I like that statement. You are drinking tea too quickly. I like it. I think I can remember that phrase. You are drinking tea too early. Hey. You know how long? You just. You just. You just got married. You just got married recently. No. <laughs> well, now that I'm a missus, we have to move from this apartment. You are drinking. What is wrong with this apartment? I'm preaching to you. You have lived you have lived in this apartment. Oh, I never had a problem with it. Now that somebody says marry you, you should move out. To edge water. Get a tube. <laughs> you want to move from, to, from whatever you to edge water, New Jersey. So that when you wake up in the morning and you are pregnant, you can see the ocean front. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you are drinking tea too early. one did not change his routine. They both had a million dollars in their account. But he continued to do what he was doing. I always tell people, students who graduate, that listen to me, the father you have graduated and got a new paycheck does not mean that you should move out of your apartment and go and rent some big house. Forgetting that even though you are graduating, you have loans to pay. So stay in that small apartment and finish paying your loans. Don't come to my house and say that you want to be in my house. Do you know how long it has taken me to be in my house? Don't drink too, too early. <laughs> Don't drink too, too early. Oh, I visited, I visited Brother Benoni and where he lives, I really like it. Do you know how long it has taken him? Benoni, do you know how long it has taken you? Is that why you stayed where you came at first? Uh-huh, he's telling you. Bronx? Probably was a one-bedroom apartment or something. Uh-huh, it was one. So when you go and visit him and you look, oh, it's like, it's nice. you are drinking tea too well. I'm preaching to us. They both had a million dollars in their account. But the little one couldn't wait. Impatience. Listen. He missed a good opportunity. And because of that, he lost his, he lost his sonship. He actually lost his sonship. Uh, no covering. No? That's what happened. But the older one continued. Many a times, that's what happens to us. Many of us, little ones, that's what happened to us. A little breakthrough. Yeah. 
That is the difference. That's one of the major difference between the older one and the younger one. Just their ability to handle success. That's, that's what it is. It, it boils down to their ability to handle success. How much is your paycheck that now you have to go on vacation every summer? I'm preaching. Now, you want to go vacation every summer? Cancun. Bora Bora. <laughs> Maldives. Huh? What? Cabo what? Cambo San Luca, whatever it is. Riotous living. Riotous living. He wasted his substance on riotous living. Riotous living. Riotous living. Righteous, riotous, whatever it is. And this was a type of living. He just wasted it. It means wild parties. Buying things that he cannot afford. Living above his meat. Riotous living. How much is your paycheck that you are doing? Lay away, lay away, lay away, lay away. Riotous living. And then when you see somebody's house, you are jealous. All your house is in your road rope. <laughs> I say, all your house is in your road rope. <laughs> yeah. Your shoes alone. Huh? Yeah, listen to me. It is a blessing. I'm concluding. It's a blessing to be advised. And don't waste the fatherly advice. When it comes to a fatherly advice, it's an onapost. Onapo. You will not get for a father to advise you. You will not get at all. It is priceless. And that's what happened to the little boy. He kept, he shut his ears. To the father's voice. He talks too much. I'm grown. I'm 18. I can do what I want to do. Foolish. You cannot do what you can do. I said what? No. Foolish. You cannot do. Listen to me. Listen to me. I feel like talking more. Listen to me. I'm preaching. Having a, he, he had a million dollars in his bank account. But he did not have the mind to make the million dollars. He didn't understand it. The difference between the boy and his father is that his father had the mind to generate million dollars. He had a million dollars, but did not have the mind to generate. There's a big difference. You may have the means, but the one who has the mind is superior to you. He generated it. You just had it. But he, that is why when it was given to him, you see, you can give somebody, they say give, you say you can bath a pig, you will always remain a pig. We can give you a million dollars. If you don't have the means, it's only a matter of time. All will be wasted. That is why you need a father to stay close to the father so that not only the means will come to you, but the mind to make it will come to you. Stand up to your feet, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit.
That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A thousand stories of a world. Thank you, Holy Spirit. May we don't waste opportunities. The advice of the fathers you have given to us. The good counsel in the church. The good counsel of our pastors. The good counsel of our bishops. The good counsel of our fathers. May we not waste it, O oh God. May we not waste it, O oh God. May we benefit from the blessing of having fathers in the house, O oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Counsel, the good opportunities, an opportunity to be great, an opportunity to be great, because we belong to a great house. May we not waste it. May we not waste it, God. May we not waste it, oh God. Thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for the fathers you have given to us. We thank you for the life of Bishop Dad, the apostle, the prophet, the father, the counselor you have given to us. We thank you for Apostle Joel and all the other bishops you have given to us. Father, we are grateful for such fathers, men with words of wisdom. May we not waste the counsel, may we not waste the opportunity. Thank you for the pastors you have given to us. You said, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. May we not despise good counsel. May our age, our stature, our education, our financial achievement, may none of this become barriers to listen to good advice. May we be like Naaman, though mighty, though great, yet humble to be advised. This afternoon, Father's Day, I thank you for the fathers you have given us. I am grateful for all the fathers. For you have blessed us with many good fathers. And may, they, may the fathers you have given us become a stepping stone to greatness. May they not become a stumbling block to cause us to fall. Anything that will cause our fathers to become a stumbling block, we remove it. May, we, may, may they become a stepping stone for, to greatness for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Please, before I sit down, I just want to make an altar call.
with every eye closed, with every eye closed, listen, God sent his son to do one thing for us, to die on the cross. Jesus did not come on his own will. He came on the will of the Father to die for you and I. And he said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom. So on this Father's Day, I want to give you an opportunity. You see, one day all of us will die. One day all of us will die. The question is, what will happen to you after you are dead? You can't say, I don't believe in it. No, you better believe in it. Listen, you better believe in it. There is life after death. There is definitely life after death. And it will do all, it will do all of us good to accept Jesus Christ so that we are guaranteed of heaven and not hell. Because heaven is real. Hell is real. People have had near-death experiences and they testify. These things are real. Heaven and hell is not a joke. But thank God, he gave us an opportunity to go to heaven by just believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as your personal savior. So, this afternoon, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you are not born again, you, are not, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about a personal savior. No, see, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth in public, in public, in public. If you have not done that, please, you say, Pastor, I want to be a Christian. On this Father's Day, I want to be a Christian. My brother, my sister, my friend, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. I'm waiting for you. This service is for you. Take a good decision on this Father's Day. I'm waiting for you. It's between you and God. Forget about anybody. Because one day, you will stand before God. Is it heaven or hell? Is it heaven or hell? One thing is guaranteed. All of us will die. But where will you go? Please, I'm waiting for you. I took that decision some time ago. And I'm grateful for taking that decision. So please. Anybody? With every eye closed for a few minutes. Anybody? Don't joke with it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm still waiting for one more time. Sing it again. Please, please, please. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with this call. It's about your future. Your life is not guaranteed. You can die tomorrow. But where will you go? Please lift up your hand and I pray for you. Come on to, Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Father, we thank you for this afternoon service. Thank you for salvation. It is the greatest gift you give to us. Let none under the sound of my voice perish. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com. 